This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Cox Automotive cuts its sales outlook by almost a million vehicles. J.D. Power says vehicle quality has sunk to a new low. And German authorities raid Hyundai and Kia. Plus, a conversation about how better data could help combat rising traffic deaths. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Today brings some more bad news about the number of new vehicles automakers should expect to sell this year. Cox Automotive is cutting its full-year U.S. sales outlook by almost a million new vehicles. That's down to 14.4 million. This is the second time this year Cox has lowered its sales forecast, which originally stood at 16 million vehicles. Cox Automotive chief economist Jonathan Smoke says it's a result of global supply chain issues, says they don't expect a recession in the near future, especially one that would further drive down new car sales. The kind of punchline is that even if we were to see a recession, we'd probably sell the number of vehicles that we expect to sell in the absence of a recession because the uh, supply issues are the key reason that we're seeing the sales volumes the way that they are. Smoke says the consumer is holding up well in this economy, especially the consumers that drive the new vehicle market. IHS Market and LMC Automotive have also downgraded their new vehicle sales outlooks for the year. Pandemic-related disruptions have driven initial vehicle quality to the worst scores that J.D. Power has recorded in 36 years. The firm's 2022 U.S. initial quality study says supply chain problems, record high vehicle prices, and remote work environments have caused vehicle problems to surge to a record high this year. They are up 11% from the same time last year. J.D. Power tracked 180 problems per 100 vehicles industry-wide. The study was conducted from February through May of this year. It was based on responses from over 84,000 people who bought or leased new 2022 model year vehicles. We'll have more on this study with J.D. Power's Director of Automotive Quality in the coming days here on Daily Drive. German authorities have raided Hyundai and Kia over suspicions that the automakers have used diesel defeat devices. Those devices interfere or disable emissions controls under real-world driving conditions after the vehicles have already passed formal emissions tests. The Frankfurt Prosecutor's Office says authorities suspect Kia and Hyundai put the devices in over 210,000 diesel vehicles. The engine software is thought to have come from suppliers Bosch and the former Delphi Technologies. Delphi was acquired in 2020 by Borg Warner. And Ford has stopped allowing customers in most states to buy EVs at the end of a lease. The automaker says the move will help manage EV battery recycling. The rule applies to leases that began June 15th or later in 38 states. Ford plans to update lease agreements in the remaining 12 states to reflect the policy by the end of the year. The automaker has taken steps recently to bolster its supply of batteries. CEO Jim Farley has said it's critical to its future success. Ford aims to build 600,000 EVs globally by the end of 2023 and 2 million by 2026. 
And those are today's headlines. Now, earlier in the show, Jamie, we spoke on Cox's automotive report and sales expectations are down even more than they were before. And we're expecting second quarter sales numbers later this week. Jamie, do you think it's even possible for automakers to turn a quarter in the second half of the year? Yes and no. I've been the executives I've been speaking with lately, they feel like things are getting better. They see more clarity, better supply of chips and other crucial parts in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, but not enough to make up for the sharp downturn we've seen so far this year. You know, we're looking at a second quarter results coming in this Friday and early next week that'll be down about 20%. That's the analyst estimates are for sales to be down about 20% in the quarter. And that's coming off a a second quarter of 2021 that was no great shakes. And we'll keep you updated on those new sales figures as they roll in here on Daily Drive. Coming up, traffic deaths are on the rise in the U.S. We'll hear from the head of traffic analytics company, Enrix, about how better data could help save lives on the roadways. That's next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in, it helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Traffic deaths jumped 10.5% last year. It was the highest number we've seen in a single year since 2005. Traffic analytics company Enrix has a new partnership with General Motors, which combines data from cars on the road with other information to provide insights on road safety and help cities thwart trouble spots. Enrix global head of public policy, Avery Ash, recently joined our own Pete Bigelow on the Shift podcast to talk about the partnership and how it could help reduce traffic deaths. Here's part of that conversation. Let's set the stage for this a little bit. There were 40,000 plus traffic deaths in the United States alone last year. The number is getting higher and higher, worse and worse. Give me some perspective from Enrix on, on what's going on out there exactly. Well, you're spot on. I mean, we were almost 43,000 people killed on US roadways last year. That's a 10% increase from just 2020. Um, that might seem a little uh, counterintuitive to most people. Uh, you know, Indirect certainly spent a lot of time during the pandemic as a company who you know, our bread and butter is understanding where and when and how and how many uh, people move across our roadways. Many people drove a lot less during the pandemic. Uh, and despite that decrease in VMT, 
we actually saw an increase uh, in risk on our roads in the form of fatal and serious crashes. Beyond just that top line number, uh, which is, is tragic and alarming, uh, and as you noted, increasing, we're seeing a disproportionate increase outside of the vehicle. Uh, so crashes involving bikes and pedestrians, crashes involving those who are uh, historically disadvantaged communities, be they uh, children or the elderly or racial or ethnic minorities or lower income communities are all disproportionately impacted by these fatal and serious crashes on our roadways. So with the context of the problem as getting worse, I think the question has been, what are we going to do to stop this trend, reverse it, and set ourselves on the course that we've seen effective in Europe, where fatalities on roadways have been dramatically driven down in the last handful of decades. So that's interesting you bring that up. Obviously, Europe implemented Vision Zero, uh, the program that many of our listeners mm-hmm. know. Uh, it's been very successful in Europe, as you just mentioned, driving down fatalities. It's not been successful here. Uh, do you have some perspective on, on why it's been so dramatically different, uh, Europe versus the United States, in terms of the success of Vision Zero? Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of it is just the timing to get off the ground, right? We have we've certainly seen a handful of communities across the country, including some of our our, our largest uh, and most policy progressive cities, looking to tackle this trend through the sorts of Vision Zero or Towards Zero Death or similar sorts of safety action plans that have been uh, impactful in European counterparts. Those results have frankly been mixed. You know, part of that is is due to uh, differences in travel patterns and landscapes in American cities. But you know, a larger part of that, at least we're hoping, is that the appetite for adopting these sorts of changes has, uh, has not been met with the sorts of funding that's required to really implement the sorts of changes that are required. So, you know, it, it's one thing to use some additional paint on roadways to uh, think about you know, lightweight, low dollar changes that can be made to improve road safety for all road users. It's another thing, though, to make the sorts of investments that we've seen across European cities that really take this safe systems approach to heart and focus on everything from care to driver training to roadway design. Um, And I think that's what we are seeing the stage being set for here in the United States, which is this, this appetite and enthusiasm, particularly from, uh, from road safety advocates to address this challenge, being finally met with the resources required to you know, really rethink how we are engaging on road safety and reverse the trend that we've seen. In terms of getting those financial resources, do they come in the form of the infrastructure bill that passed last fall? Is that what this generational challenge that you kind of laid out or opportunity might be? Yeah, we, we certainly hope so. You know, we have seen funding made available uh, at city level or state level um, across the country uh, to various degrees. You know, we've seen some cities who spent a lot of money on this already or are preparing to. I think that the difference we're seeing now is that those investments are going to be dwarfed by the billions of dollars that the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the bipartisan infrastructure law, is set to apply to this problem at all levels of of state and local government. We've done a lot of work in thinking around one such program, Safe Streets and Roads for All, 
which the, uh, the notice of funding was officially put out uh, a little over a month ago. And that program alone, it will put a billion dollars a year for five years into the hands of MPOs, counties, cities, and tribal governments who are looking for resources to both plan around safety and implement those plans. So prioritizing projects and putting those dollars to work. So that's a good lead. All of that is a great lead in. We've talked about the problem, the potential funding. Uh, let's zero in a little bit. What exactly is INRIX working on to uh, you know, lend some insight to, to this problem? And I know you're collaborating with General Motors on, on this. Yeah, we were very excited to announce a collaboration just a couple of weeks ago, uh, something that's been in the works now for almost a year uh, around what we call safety view. So it's trying to combine publicly available data that's historically been siloed with the sorts of premium insights that a company like Inrix or a company like General Motors can provide from connected vehicle data and other sources, aggregated, anonymized, uh, and put into the hands of safety planners and practitioners in a SaaS-based user interface that brings all this data together in a powerful way that provides both a picture of the roadway and what's happening on it, understanding of why crashes might be taking place, uh, and then the tool to measure the impact of policies or projects uh, as they are implemented by a city, an MPO, county, state. Avery, let's back up real quick. Uh, I might have some listeners here who don't know that much about Inrix. Uh, tell us about your end of that. Uh, what does Inrix do? Yeah, absolutely. So Inrix has been uh, around for a little over 15 years now, and we started as a traffic company. So what we do is we take data from hundreds of different sources uh, on roadways around the world, and we turn that into insights about how vehicles are moving. Initially, that was really focused on traffic. So the sorts of, of real-time red, yellow, green traffic overlays that we're now used to seeing everywhere. Uh, and over time, that expanded from just a red, yellow, green on the infotainment system uh, within the car that you drive to additional insight, things like dangerous slowdowns, uh, volumes traveling on roadways, parking information, anything else that's critical real-time information about what's happening on the roadway. We found a little over a decade ago that there's not just an appetite for these sorts of insights from drivers of personal vehicles, but there's a huge appetite and value from providing these sorts of insights to public sector customers. So we work with every DOT uh, across the United States. We work with uh, many road authorities and departments of transportation around the globe, uh, and then many cities, MPOs, and others at the local level to put this data into their hands and allow them to make smarter decisions. So understanding how has the volume changed on a given arterial and what that might mean for the need for intersection redesign uh, or for the addition or inclusion of something like a protected bike lane. Uh, we also earlier this year, trained a great example of how we can put this connected data to use. Uh, last year released a product called uh, Signal Analytics. So we take all this vehicle probe data and we turn it into insights across any signalized intersection uh, in the United States. And we can provide information about level of service, what are called split failures. So there's times when you arrive to a red light, you sit, it goes green, traffic moves a little bit, but you still don't make it through. It's called a split failure. Uh, and we can do percent arrival on green. We can do all these sorts of, of insights that historically would require a, a city or a road authority to invest in hard infrastructure to actually quantify 
this sort of performance of a signal, we can now do that virtually at a fraction of the price across any intersection across a city. That's, I think, the, the sort of insight that Inrix has really, has really looked to deliver over the past couple of decades, which is how do you take this concept of virtual infrastructure, this promise of connected vehicle data serving to better inform the decisions we make and make that a reality for our public sector customers? Avery Ash is Global Head of Public Policy for Inrix. He spoke with our own Pete Bigelow on the latest episode of Shift, a podcast about mobility. You can listen to the full conversation on Shift wherever you get your podcasts. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on sales, public policy, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.